Colossians chapter number 3. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, verse 1. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above and not on things of earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Talking about the second coming, getting your mind ready for his appearing. Amen? I'm ready for him to appear. Until then, it doesn't say that, but that's what he's saying. Until then, look at verse 5. Mortify. Oh, man. What's that mean? It means to subdue, subject, kill your members. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Semicolon, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, concupiscence, amen, covetousness, which is idolatry. You know what you got to do? You got to kill all those actions that your body produces. It's not I that sin, but sin that what? dwelleth in me. You have an Adamic nature that's capable of doing anything a lost man can do. We are capable of murdering anybody at any time. We are capable of committing fornication at any time. If all the elements are just right, I'm telling you, your flesh could jump in it and you could be a mess. It happens. So how do you know? There's preachers, there's Christians that's done throwed it all away. I had a friend walk into a Hallmark store. He turned the aisle. There was a woman. She looked at him and he looked at her and he said his blood run cold. He said goosebumps on top of chicken bumps. Amen. He said all of a sudden he just knew that thing was trouble. He, he said he just up and left. He, he said he had to get out of there. He said it wasn't good. Something happened. When he looked at her, he just walked around the aisle and looked up. There it was. And she's looking at him and it's like, oh no. I got to get out of here. There's a magnetic force field drawing me, and I got to get out of here. It was like Satan had bait sitting right there waiting on him. And he had to run. He was scared to death. He was like Joseph. Took off and run. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you, it can happen at any time. People, people don't think it'll ever happen to them. That's the one that the Satan's got ready for. It won't happen to me. I'm telling you, it can happen. It has happened. It's happened in countless churches all over the place. Amen. Listen, our flesh must be crucified. That's what he's talking about. You're, you must be dead. You got to willingly, consciously make an attempt, an effort to be dead. You said it won't happen. I'm telling you. I've, I've, known, I've worked with men that stole money out of offering plates. Stole money out of work. Stole money out of men's toolboxes that were supposed to be Christians. They had a box like that at charity. And they, people put offering in and he'd sneak up, take money out and put it in his pocket. You say, I don't believe that. Listen, those things happen, man. Christians can get in a carnal state sitting in a spiritual atmosphere. And they get to a place to where, listen, we got no idea what people watch on the internet. I'm not, a, I'm not a policeman. I'm not going to be the Holy Ghost in your life and shop and spy on everything you watch on the internet. But I'm telling you, you you're, that little thing can go someplace you don't want it to go. And if you spend five seconds entertaining it, it can come back up and it can come back up and it can come back up. And next thing you know, you're, you're snared so deep. And then next thing you know, the things that you're watching become an opportunity to fulfill that. <clears throat> And there's men that get so enraged and so inflamed, they're watching stuff, they go out and all of a sudden they got to go somewhere to, to fulfill what they've been watching and there ain't no little boy or girl safe on the sidewalks. And they'll pick them up and then to be able to, after they've sinned, they got to get rid of the evidence. And they kill them, thinking they could bury them. And they never intended to be a murderer sitting there watching something on their computer. But now they've killed somebody. But then the flesh gets to the place to where they begin to start watching that stuff again and they get inflamed, they get enraged. And then next thing you know, they've got to go find another victim and then they kill that victim. And that's how serial killing begins. Listen, I'm telling you, we got no earthly idea the things that people can get involved in. Amen. Anybody eat Subway subs? Anybody know Jared? The face of Jared, the face of Subway? Yeah, they just arrested him for child porn. So I'm just telling you, anything can happen to anybody at any place at any time. So what are you supposed to do? Mortify, therefore, 
the deeds, the the your members which are upon the earth. Fornication. Notice how that starts off. I got a bunch of things here. It'd probably take me forever to go through all this stuff. Amen. What all this stuff is. I got all the definitions of all these different things. Amen. If I can find I got them all listed. Fornication. Any sexual activity outside the marriage bed. That includes bestiality, incest, pornography. Yeah, pornography. Yeah. A man sitting around lusting after swimsuit issue. Well, she's got a little bit of clothes on. Still, it's lusting in your heart. Right? Hello? Amen. Fornication. Uncleanness. Right? That's foulness, dirtiness, filthiness, immoral purity, defilement by sin, sinfulness, lewdness, incontinence. What else is this, preacher? Inordinate affection. You know what we got a problem with people in this world? They got wrong affections. It's inordinate. It's unnatural. Amen. How a man would love a dog, a cow, a sheep, a goat, a child, a girl. I'm telling you, we're living in a perverted society. I'm sorry, I can't say that word. Politically correct, we can't say pervert. But that's what it is. It's perverted. How a man would love another man, that's unnatural. It's not right. It's perverted. It's twisted. That's unclean. They play in filth. I was telling my uncle in that video that we were doing, and we got on that thing. There's a doctor, a, man, a preacher sent me a doctor's statement that's literally banned from being spoken about the diseases in which homosexuals get into because of the corruption and the filth that they play in. The diseases that they spread. They don't have just one partner. They have hundreds to thousands. And they're unfaithful. And what the news media won't tell you is there's just as many divorces in the gays as there is marriages. They're not faithful to a mate. They're crooked, they're wicked, they're vile, they're lewd, they're crude. And the diseases that they get from the lifestyles that they do, unbelievable. And if you knew what the transmitted diseases they transmit, listen, I was watching Dr. Joe Wallach Friday, and he's got some videos out there. And one of the things he's talking about is a disease that's passed on by doctors not washing their hands after they go to the bathroom. Doctors, the only way this disease can be spread in hospitals is unclean hands. After they do number two, if you understand what I'm saying. And they don't wash their hands. And they're spreading disease. It's unclean. And you go to a hospital, and hospitals are number one killer. And doctors and pharmaceutical societies are people. And they're unclean. And we think they're clean carrying a laboratory coat, a white coat on a stethoscope. And they want to come up to your bed and touch you. Well, what have you been touching? They're all supposed to wash their hands when they come into the room. And when they leave the room, they're supposed to wash their hands. And they're supposed to have gloves on. But they transmit diseases. There's people I know that's gone into hospitals and got some of the worst infections in the hospital. We're talking about uncleanness. Hello. Do you know who ate off the fork you just ate off the restaurant? You don't like reality? Huh? Hello? You cut a steak, eat with that fork. Who was, who was chewing on that thing? You think that, did they wash it or just wipe it off? Did they drop it on the floor before they brought it to you? What about your food they're serving you? Huh? They drop it on the floor, they pick it up, and they put it back on the grill. Hello? I'm just trying to tell Listen, people don't want to face reality. We all try to go, oh, let's just block it all out. That's, that's the problem. Everybody's blocking it all out. Uncleanness. Amen. Miss Peggy's pastor, when he's pastoring, in the wintertime, he wears gloves all the time to shake people's hands, and he takes them off. He won't touch people's bare hands. Amen. Why? Disease. Tim, Tim Hawkins, amen, he, 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 gets, he gets that stuff, that hand cream, amen. You're from Arkansas, he'll pour it all over his body and lather it up, amen. That's a joke, amen. Just, <laughs> right? I want to get some of that hand stuff for us. But I want to get it from Joe Wallach. Why? Because the average stuff you got is alcohol-based and it evaporates and is no good about the time you put it on your hands. And the stuff that Joe Wallach got lasts a long time, up to five, six hours. Did it help kill germs and things? 
Listen, we're living in a society that we're so uh, antibiotic type stuff that we're creating uh, bacterial infections that no longer these antibiotics are working and they're creating super bacteria and super viruses and people are getting sick and they're spreading it and the people that's living out there in this filth touch everything and everywhere you go doorknobs handrails cell phones they say a cell phone is one of the nastiest things out there they said a toilet seat's actually cleaner than your cell phone from all the germs and you talking into that thing all day long and the stuff that it picks up. I'm talking about uncleanness. You say, preacher, I can't believe you're preaching this. Listen, is this reality Baptist church or not? I'm trying to make it be. Don't roll your eyes at me, sister. I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> Amen. Uncleanness. Dirty, filthy, vile. Listen, the Bible says, what's he say over there in Revelation 22? Let him that is filthy be what? Filthy still. We're living in a filthy society. People are filthy. They got filthy mouths. They got filthy minds. They tell filthy jokes. They watch filthy TV. They have filthy conversations. They're filthy. Listen, we know some people that were so filthy and so dirty, a lady had a man come and sit in her house and talk to her, and when he left, that chair smelled like him a month later. So dirty. People don't take baths. People don't hygiene properly. Amen? You ever been by a pig farm? Can you smell a hog, you can smell a hog farm a couple miles away? Well, there's people's homes you can smell a couple miles away. You can smell them coming. Amen? We used to have a guy we worked with had green teeth. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's filthy. It looked like he never combed his hair. He's greasy, green teeth. I'm telling you. We had one guy that stunk so bad in our place that he'd take his deodorant and put it on his t-shirt. He didn't take baths, but to smell good, he put it on his t-shirt. He'd stand there, he'd put that on his t-shirt so he could smell, try to cover up the stink he smelled so bad. I'm just talking filthy people. Hello? Amen. I'm telling you, filth. Filth's everywhere. Uncleanness. Let's flip a page over. Let's go to First Thessalonians. Two pages over. First Thessalonians to your right. Right? You there? Verse 3. For this is the will of God, even your what? Sanctification. That you should abstain from what? Fornication. Fornication. Preacher, I want to do the will of God. I'm saying fornication. <clears throat> that everyone should know how to what? Possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in the lust of concupiscence, as, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because the Lord hath called, is the avenger. Amen. Of all such, or of, of all such, yeah, as we have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto. See, you know what the opposite is? Of cleanness? is holiness. You know what God wants us to be? is holy. You know what? When you're dealing with fornication there, Brother Eastep taught when he's teaching the Bible that all unfilth fornication is all uncleanness. Colossians chapter number 3. You say, preacher, you're saying some other things. I'm telling you, there's some other things that go on in Baptist churches. Amen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection. It's unnatural affections. Evil concupiscence. What's concupiscence? Amen. Anybody have an idea? It's cupid sense, right? Yep, you're pretty close. Amen. It's violent. It's wretchedness. Amen. It's, it's wicked. Well, I had it wrote down in one of these places. Maybe it's Ephesians. I got it wrote down. Extreme sex perversion and deviation. I got it written in one of the Gospels there. I couldn't find my, my notes. There. I can't memorize my pages. Amen. That's evil concupiscence. And what? Covetousness, which is idolatry. idolatry. 
Amen. You guys want to sign up for that? Covetousness. You know how bad covetousness is? <clears throat> covetousness is probably the root sin of everything. It goes all the way back to Satan. Amen. He coveted the throne of God. He coveted the glory of God. Listen, covetousness probably got a root in murder. A lot of the murders that we've seen, the murder mysteries that we've seen, and stuff like that that they're trying to solve these crimes comes from a life insurance policy. <laughs> if I get rid of that rascal, I can cash in and make a bunch of money. Amen? I'll tell you, it happens. Covetousness. Somebody covets your wife, it's gone. Somebody covets you home, they'll try to take it, whatever it takes. And if you got it and they, they're jealous over it, they'll destroy what you got. Covetousness. Covetousness, the love of money is the root of all evil. What? Love of money. That's it. Covetousness. You nail her down. Most guys that's in the Montgomery County Jail tonight because covetousness. Some form or fashion. Amen. That's what all stealing's about. They coveted something and stole it. Listen, what do you think Eve got in trouble for in the garden? She saw the tree was pleasant to the eyes. Right? One desire to make one wise. And she coveted it and she took it. Right? David looked out the window, seen a woman, he took her. Achan, he looked, seen some gold shekels and Babylonian garment, he took it. Most trouble in your Bible is from covetousness. It's idolatry. It's, it's worship of self. I want, I deserve, whatever it takes to give it to me, I want it. We're just telling you some things you've got to mortify. Covetousness. Man, we've got we to gotta do all we can to stop, break that thing, don't we? Yeah. We create Everything around, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? I want, I want, I want. This is bad news here. Look at what it says. Verse 6. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of who? So therefore, children of obedience, Christians ought to abstain from this stuff. Get it out of their life. Verse 7. In which you also walk sometime when you what? lived in them. Listen, God wants listen, we started this thing off about a decision to follow Christ and then the direction you're supposed to go. Now God wants a dissection in your life. He wants you to separate yourself from the things of the flesh and follow the things of God. Right? You ever dissect the flesh and tell the flesh and cut out the bad things in your life? You ever do that? You ever cut things out? How many of you ever get a, uh, an apple's got a blemish on it? You throw the whole apple away or do you cut part of it out? Cut it out. That's what God wants. Listen, God says one time you used to walk in the flesh and the motions of sin was in your life. Quit it. Now that you're in Christ, you ought to be different. You ought to be holy. So therefore, you got to cut that junk out. And so all the things that become in your life, you must disassociate with. There must be a separation. Listen, I haven't taught in a long time. I'd like to put it all on video and put it out on YouTube on how to be a success. Right? This book of the law shall not depart of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate there in day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. You want to be a good success? Amen. The first step to being a good success and to be a successful Christian is the process of elimination. You must eliminate everything that's bad in your life before you can proceed. You see a runner, which I'm against, but you see a guy on track, he don't show up starting line, amen, with a briefcase and a boombox. And say, all right, I'm going to run a 100-yard dash. He, he, you don't do it like that. You, get, you shed everything. He don't come up there running, wearing combat boots. He don't have a backpack on and a rifle ready to run. Now, soldiers got to do that. But it's different for between a soldier and a track runner. You understand? You got to eliminate things. You want to make it in life, you got to eliminate. Right? And therefore, there's a process of elimination. And people out there, the number one struggle, struggles that the world has of getting started out in Christianity is learning to let things go and get things removed out of our life and allowing God to remove bad people out of our life, to remove bad things out of our life and take us from bad places that we were frequenting going because it's hindering our Christian life and God wants to reshape us and remake us. What's he saying in Romans 12.1? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your what? Body. 
bodies, a living sacrifice, holding acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Listen, our minds need to be totally reprogrammed and think the way God thinks, not the way the flesh thinks. Amen. And the process of getting rid of that junk out there is getting in here and finding out God's mind. And the process of finding out God's mind, you've got to eliminate some things. Like what? Like sitting in a bingo hall instead of being in church is not the place you ought to be. You've got to be in church. You understand? Today is not the day to be out fishing. Today's the day to be in church. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, there's a process. You must give and take. You must let things go in order to get from God. There must be a separation. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, separated onto the gospel. That means you've got to separate from something onto. Amen? You've got to leave the world behind to go with God. How can two walk together except they be... Agreed. We must be able to agree. Listen, the steps of elimination. In order for me to advance for God, there's things in this world i got to let go. There's things in my life that are hindrance to me. And in order for me to launch my faith and watch, walk with God, I must let some things go, even if they're good. Paul said, amen, that he counted all things but dung. Why? For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, whom I've suffered a loss of all things, and do count them that, but dung wide that I may win him. He had to have a heart change about everything that meant something to him. That he might win Christ was more important, so he esteemed everything dung. He put it all on an equal plane and said, you know what? Just flush it. I want you. That's where we get, when we really want to grow with God, that's where we got to get to. Amen. There's a process of elimination. This is what Paul's fixing to get into. That things are going to have to be eliminated. And he gets on to negative. A lot of people think it's just cigarettes and beer and, and britches and things like that. Listen, there's a whole lot more important things to get rid of. There's a whole lot of internal things that God wants fixed before we work on the outside. And so many brethren want to work on the outside to have proof that it's working on the inside. Amen. Listen, we've got to start about where you're walking. What you in? Are you in the flesh? Right. Or are you in the spirit? Amen. <laughs> if you're in Christ and understand that, well, then we can go somewhere. But if you're in the flesh and never been saved and not in Christ, when you're in the flesh, you're naturally going to produce what the flesh produces. So God tells you what the works of the flesh are to help people understand the works of the flesh. But when they're saved, now they're in the Spirit. They need to learn how to walk in the Spirit and know what the Spirit expects of them. And therefore, when they begin to start seeing the works of the flesh pop up, that they can mortify that thing and kill that thing and chop that thing off and hinder it from growing. Right? Have to have some spiritual roundup. Right? When you get that little Christian weed that comes along to come up, <laughs> right? Spray the weeds. Hoe them out. Get rid of them. Hello? Look at what it says. Verse 7. For in a time which you walked, amen, for in which you also walked some time when you lived in them. See, now we're living in Christ. So we shouldn't be living in sin. Though our flesh may produce some of this stuff that we're not living there no more. Watch this. Verse 8. But now ye also do what? Put off these. Now this is something you're supposed to do as a Christian. This is your responsibility. God didn't say the Holy Ghost was going to do this for you, did He? Listen, there's a bunch of people that may not be saved as a Calvinist, but they live like a Calvinist. And they expect the Holy Ghost to do everything for them. And the Holy Ghost says, you've got some responsibilities, and one of them right here is to put some things off. It's up to you. If it stinks, get it out of your house. <laughs> you understand? You, you can sit there and wait all day for the Holy Ghost to come pick it up, move it out, and He ain't going to do it. When God's given you a responsibility to take care of something, it won't get done until you take care of it. Right? This is our responsibility, number one. Put off all these. Number one, anger. Whew. Amen. You want some help with anger? I'm not going to go do a big Bible study on anger tonight and go all the way through the Bible. We could. I could teach each one of these and go each week on anger. But anger rests in the bosom of fools. That's enough right there. <laughs> Amen. Anger is a violent passion of the mind excited by real or supposed injury. Amen. What are we getting angry for? I didn't get my way. <laughs> what are we supposed to do with anger? 
We should recognize, hey, where's that coming from? What am I upset about? Well, I justify why I'm mad. I'm mad because, hey, I didn't get my way. Well, you got to understand what caused it. Yeah. you got to understand why. Well, I just got a short fuse. Well, well grow a fuse. Yeah. Get a long fuse. So when somebody lights that fuse, you don't blow up real fast. Yeah. There you, go. you understand? Hello. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's something you got to work on. What? Put it off. Get rid of it. Well, the Bible says, you know, uh, be angry and sin not. So I got a license to be angry. I'm just not sinning in it. No. You think you ought to entertain it then if something you ought to be putting off? No. Well, I got righteous indignation. Jesus had righteous indignation. Really? You want to go there? Don't you want to have love instead of anger? Yeah. Amen. Huh? <laughs> be not around an angry man lest thou be like him and get a snare to thy soul. I don't. Listen, I've been around a bunch of angry people. You get a snare. I hate it. I despise it. I cringe. I want to run. What are you supposed to do? Put it off. Comma. Anger. Comma. What? Wrath. What is wrath? It's violent anger. It's effects of anger. <laughs> anger is burning in your soul. Wrath is those, amen, broken cabinets, broke holes in the wall, busted fist with cast. Right? It's the things you kick in. See? Kick the cat. Hit the dog, punch the wall, throw things across the room. That's wrath. I've been there. I've done that. So I'm a little F5 tornado. I'm just going to tear the house up. Woo! God wants us to get rid of all that. Put it all off. God doesn't want it in our Christian homes. God doesn't want it in our Christian life. Right? It's getting quiet. I've only hit the first two. We got some trash we got to take the altar tonight? Huh? Put it off. We've got to put it off. Yeah. Wrath. It's never justified. When is it justified? To kick somebody's mirror off the side of their car. Huh? When, when is it ever justified to pick up a rock and throw it through somebody's house windows? If I was mad, it just, I just got mad. I just break things when I get mad. Well, where's that justified? Well, you know, I was just provoked. I just, where's it justified? Right? Take a golf club, hit some, break it over your knee. Oh, that was justified, huh? You know, there's some people regret getting mad, playing golf. A guy went like this, wrapped his club around a tree, and that head goes flying off and hit his buddy in the head and killed him. Yep. I bet you wish he could take that back. Huh? Hit him right in the temple, gone. I wonder how many daddies throw a little tantrum tantrums your kids got in the way. Spending a few years in jail because of domestic violence. It's not justified, it's never warranted. So what is that? It's work of, that's work of flesh, man. How can I tell if I'm in the flesh? Because <laughs> you turn into a violent little tornado and you begin to start breaking things. Guess what? Hello, I'm in the flesh. Amen. The wrath, wrath leaves a trail. Amen. Put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice. Oh, my soul. This, this is a good one. Malice. You know what malice is? It's going to the mall when it's icy out. Mall ice, no. I mean, it's, it's extreme enmity of heart. Malevolence. A disposition to injure others without a cause. You just, you're just going to go hurt somebody because you, you just got such a new will and a bad spirit. Hey Amen. You're mad at everybody and everything. And you just knock the little old lady down just because you can do it. Smack the little kid. Hey Amen. Kick the dog just because you can do it. Just a, just a foul, rotten attitude. There's a bunch of Christians like that. There's preachers like that. There's a bunch of Christians that are so bitter and so angry and so mad that they'll, they, just, they just want everybody else to be just as miserable as they are. Misery loves company. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I, I try. I really do. I try. At work, every time I sign my name, I try to put a little smiley face beside the date. I check out parts, check out 100 parts, put, put my initials, 100, smiley face. Why? Just trying to sow to the flesh, sow, sow happiness, sow a smile, sow a kind word. I'm trying to stay so far away from that junk. It's so easy to get in the flesh and get upset. I, gotta just, look, just, I just got to stay away from it. Listen, I am toxic and I'm flammable. I got to stay away from sparks, man. My name is Parks, right? I got to stay away from sparks. Oh. But, right? Amen. 
I, I tell you, listen, we got to, to stay away from this. We got to put it off. Put off anger, wrath, malice. That's ill will, man. Amen. It's a disposition to injure others without a cause, a mere personal gratification from a spirit of revenge, unprovoked malignity or spite. Man, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be filled with spite. Just to, I just got to get even mentality. Just always looking to, to, to stick it to somebody. Man, that's flesh. Do you know people like that? I bet you as I'm giving you these things, you, you got people you know that are like this. We got to put it off. What else? Blasphemy. What is blasphemy? It's an indignity offered to God by words or writing, reproachful, contemptuous. Amen. Irreverent words uttered impiously against Jehovah. Blasphemy is an injury offered to God. We think that if we use His name foul or vilely, that somehow we're sticking it to God. I got a raw deal in this stinking light, and he put me in the wrong house, and I don't make enough money. So, huh, take that. And your son, huh, if I had a spear, I'd stab you. That's what people want to do. And when you hear people just get mad at a Christian, and you witness to them, and all that malice and all that corruption comes out when you're street preaching, guess what? You're God's child, and they're dumping it on you. And Jesus said, hey, guess what? He said, they hated me before they hated you. <laughs> He said, just walk away and rejoice. Hey, man, great is your reward in heaven. Right. Don't take it personal. They hate him. That's why Christians don't want to witness, because they might have to take his wrath. The wrath that the world wants to say to him. Amen. They're, 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 they're a, a giant sword just waiting to be poked. And pff, all that junk just comes out. We just may be the ones it comes out on. Yeah. Oh, man, they're so full of poison. And all you got to do is just touch that thing and pfft. Amen. And we suffer the wrath of it. But we get a reward from God. But blasphemy, they think that if they're hurting us and speaking against us, they're sticking it to God. They're hateful. Something happened. Somebody in their family died. And they think God should have kept them alive. Well, what was so special about them or you that God should extend their life? See, they think that they're so special that everybody else's family should die, but nobody in their family should. They're, they're, so, they're so stuck on themselves and think of themselves so highly that everybody else deserves to starve and not have food, but they deserve to have the best job in the world and make the most money. And since they don't, they're mad at God because they didn't have their way. See, ultimately, it's a love of self, and it's a hatred for God because they think they got dealt a bad hand in life. And they're bitter and angry against God. Because they didn't have their way. Because they want everything to go their way. And guess what? Life doesn't give you everything you want. And the best day of your life is when you realize that life's not fair. And the world hands you lemons, make lemonade. Hey man, listen, lost people's learn how to adjust to bad things in life. And Christians got the Holy Ghost, they got the Holy Bible, supposed to be going to heaven. And they can't get over minor little infractions in life and disappointments and defeats in their life. Yeah, come on. Amen. And they get to where they want to quit on God because they didn't get their way. What a spoiled brat. Yeah. And lost people got little kids that got cerebral palsy and those got life-altering uh, diseases and stuff and it's ruined their lives, it's ruined their finances and they become a slave to a wheelchair and they know how to get by and have a pleasant spirit and go to hospitals and deal with doctors and have to clean up puke and diarrhea and all this stuff and wait on a body that cannot be moved and cannot speak to it and give it love and affection back and they learn to have a better spirit than a Christian supposedly filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on. Somebody write about that. Amen. There's so many whining, crying Christians out there in the world. The average, the average prayer request meeting is whine crying. Uh, I want to cry in my water. <laughs> the next prayer request. We have another prayer request. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying people don't have problems. I'm not saying it's wrong for people to want to talk about the problems. But it's a problem with that person that's everything's always wrong and they're always whining. They're always unsatisfied. They're never happy. God's always done them wrong. There's a problem with that. Yep. I'm just talking about, listen, bad things happen in life. 
Amen. And I learned one thing, and I was talking to my boss about it last week. Success destroys more people than poverty. People have a harder time with success than they do poverty. It's better for a man if he has to work hard and barely make it than to have everything he wants and have all this idle time and get in trouble. You're better off working two jobs and staying busy and staying out of trouble. Amen. Have a sandwich, kiss your wife and go to bed than you are to sit back there and have all you want and go down here to the casino and then get in trouble. Idleness, idleness, idleness. Well, I can't go there. That's a different sermon. <laughs> Blasphemy. Watch this. Filthy communication. That's dirty, foul, unclean, nasty, polluted, defiled by sinful practice, moral, mora morally impure. Filthy conversation. That's dirty jokes. You know how many Christians are involved in dirty jokes? Man, you guys want to hear one? Listen, a pig fell in the mud. Hey, man, that's a dirty one. <laughs> Got y'all laughing, didn't you? Listen, I'm telling you, people, people relish in that. And I've had Christian brethren want to start telling you a joke, and next thing you know, before it's all over with, they throw a punchline in there on you. And sometimes it could be funny if you got a dirty heart. And I've had to go back and talk to people and say, man, don't tell me any jokes anymore. And I apologize that I might have laughed at that. I said, I'm telling you, that just shows me how depraved my heart is, and I, I can't handle this. Don't tell me no jokes no more. You know what that just did? That, did? that mortified my flesh and horrified his flesh. And he won't want to get in that conversation again. I don't think he's going to want to walk back up and talk to me. Because he says, Cliff ain't going to like them kind of jokes. And he know it. He's going to reprove me if I say something like that again. So, see, that's what happens. See, that's what he's talking about, mortifying the flesh. Right? Hey, man, there's, listen. There's some bad things that go on. With so-called Christians. And they talk about things. And they say things they'll not say. Filthy conversation. Filthy communication. Lie not one to another. What's God telling you there? Huh? Be honest. Look at what he says. Or lying. It's a criminal falsehood. A falsehood uttered for the purpose of deception. An intentional violation of the truth. I wasn't intending per on purposely trying to go against the truth. I just wanted to fudge it a little bit. Is fudging alright? Should you fudge on your taxes? Be honest. We need to be honest about everything. I mean, really, my, my fish wasn't this big. That little fish this big, I missed them this close to the boat. <laughs> right? Right? They say all fishermen are liars. Hello? Listen. We got we got to be careful. You know what they do for preachers? Preachers don't lie. They're just evangelistically speaking. Right. <laughs> Hello. Listen, I've read preachers' prayer letters. I sat in the same meeting they sat in. I seen five people get saved, and they wrote down forty. Wow. They're fudging the numbers a little bit. Yep. Hello. Unless somebody got saved, after they, they must have had 150 of them in the service and 50 of them got saved when I wasn't there. People will do that. Why? Because it keeps cash coming in. They don't want to put money on a horse that ain't producing, so they got to put some numbers down that ain't there. I read the prayer letters. I see how they do them. You ought to see the way they do them now. They just jumble it all up. They tell you they've been to... 30 churches in the last three months and we've had souls saved and lives changed the power of God fell but they don't tell you they went to 27 of them with no professions nobody at the altar but they went to one or two that had a couple of professions so they write all 30 churches lumped into this whole thing that people were getting saved you understand what I'm saying it makes them look good when they're sending out prayer letters to keep the money rolling in what are they doing they're fudging it a little bit amen I just sit back and I say, we had a couple of people bow their head and make a profession of faith. I don't know if they got saved, but they made a profession. We'll see if it turns into possession and see if it becomes real. See, people, listen, Baptist preachers are some of the people that don't even want to hear the truth. 
They like lying one to another. An average preacher wants to go, hey, how's it going to your church? How many numbers you got? I want to hear your numbers. Right? How you doing? I still got my same. I still got my seven. Amen. I got seven. Count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got my seven. Right? I ain't counting me. Hello? <laughs> Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, that's a humbling thing. How many people you had saved in church? I haven't seen none in a long time. Hello? What's wrong with you? I just ain't got it. I haven't figured out the right deodorant to wear yet. Hello? Why lie about it? I had preachers call me up. I had two preachers after Brother Sticks was here from his church want to go out to the mission field. Six or Sticks, whatever his name is. Hello? You understand? I said, hey, I just had a preacher in. I'm doing all I can do right now to push my bike up the hill. I can't afford to take on any more. You understand? I'm not spending your money. I try not to. I try to have a preacher in every now and then, and I'm thankful for every time you guys help support them. Amen. I'm not trying to overload your wagon. You understand what I'm saying? And I had to write them guys letters. They didn't respond after I wrote them back letters. It would have been nice if they had sent back some preacher. I understand you're a small church. I appreciate you calling me. No, they wouldn't do that. They said, yeah, guy probably lied to me. Tell him, well, come here and sit here. Find out who I have. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, preachers, preachers are some of the worst about fudging and saying things. And they get in meetings and begin to boast and brag about all their conversions. Can I tell you where some of the biggest lies happen? Ladies, can I help you? Huh? Can I help you where some of the biggest lies happen? Get around a group of guys and let them start talking about their fleshly activities and how many fights they got in when they grew up and how bad they are. You know what? Men will make up fights if they have to so they can make themselves look big in the eyes of others. You don't think that's true? You're shaking your head. They do it. I'm telling you. Just talk to people. I mean, if we've seen an eight-point buck come by here, and we've seen it out there, and you go, man, guess what I've seen? I've seen an eight-point buck right at our church. They don't care about your eight-point buck. What happened? They want to tell you about the deer that's in their backyard. Yep. And that thing's got eight points on each side. Yep. <laughs> Hello? They always got to outdo it. Yep. Amen? I'm just, that's just human nature. Man's always got to outdo somebody else. It doesn't matter. So they always got to fudge it. Listen, I'm just telling you human nature. You know what God's saying? Put all that stuff off. Speak the truth with everybody. Speak the truth with your neighbor. Be honest. No reason to fudge anything. Listen, when I was down in Mexico, they go, how much can you spend? This ain't got nothing to do with how much I can spend. How much do I want to spend? You're charging eight bucks. I only give you seven. No, no, no. I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, it's fine. How much can you spend, Senor? I said, ain't got nothing about how much I can spend. Listen, these guys will sit back and say, how much money you got? How much can you afford? It doesn't matter how much money I can afford. This is all that I'm going to spend. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to say I ain't got no money when I got 30 bucks in my pocket. I'm not going to tell you I'm broke. I'm just telling you I just can't afford that. I just can't give up monies. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, you just got to be honest. Danny Farley said it like this. He said, how dare you preachers come down here to a camp meeting and sit back and tell a missionary that you can't afford a missionary and go off to the restaurant and buy a steak. And said, we can't afford you. He said, it's got nothing to do, amen, with you not being able to pay, to pay a missionary. It's got something to do with what you want to afford to do. Amen. Amen. He said, you got free food? Just be honest with him. He said, we're not taking on missionaries right now. We're doing all I think the church can do. He said, just be honest with the guy. And I think we ought to be honest with people. Verse 9. Lie not one to another. Seeing that you have put off who? The old man with his deeds. I don't want to go to verse 10. Let's go to Ephesians, companion passage, Ephesians chapter number 5. I want to get into a bunch of these put on, put offs. Amen. 
Let's go to Galatians first. Galatians 5. I was talking about that. Galatians chapter number 5. Verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called on a liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Amen. A lot of people, we were talking about that today on the phone. A lot of Christians say, well, I got liberty. I can drink. I got liberty. I can smoke. I got liberty. I can do wrong because I got liberty. What they're doing is they're using their Christian so-called liberty to an occasion of the flesh to sin. Amen? That's turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. By love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, ooh, man, that's a good verse. Take heed to be not consumed one of another. Man, that's just tearing somebody up. <laughs> Foaming at the mouth. Amen. Verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill what? You have trouble with the flesh? Walk in the Spirit. Now watch this. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. You know what that is? That's a war. That's a battle. Let me ask you a question. One of the sure signs somebody's been born again is they have a dual nature that combats one another. Listen, I never had to worry about doing right and wrong before I was saved. Right? And doing wrong, just come natural, I never had conviction about doing wrong. Hello? Amen. After I got saved, all of a sudden somebody moved in and now I got a voice telling me, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Well, where'd that come from? That's that new nature. There's somebody moved inside. He's speaking to me. You understand? I have, I have a spiritual warfare going on inside of my life. Amen. A dual nature. I'm a spiritual schizophrenic, Caleb. <laughs> I'm a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde all together in one. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> What's bad if you Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and you get saved? Now you got three people talking to you. Amen. <laughs> You're bipolar and you got the Holy Ghost at the same time. Hi, <laughs> right, would you like to come down and sit down and talk to the five of us? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I pleaded blood. I pleaded blood, huh? Amen. That's crazy stuff, ain't it? For the spirit, their flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You having trouble doing the right things? You have trouble doing the right things? You got a war going on. Now who are you gonna feed? The flesh or the spirit? You know how to you know how to stop all that. You know how to stop the war, don't you? The same way I told Jamie about getting saved, what repentance was. I said, Jamie, just say stop. I want off this merry ground. I'm done. Lord, I want to do right. I don't want to walk in the flesh. God, I'm making a conscious decision right here to walk in the spirit. I hate the flesh. I don't want to walk in. I don't want to misstep. I hate to think. God, lead me. Empower me. Enable me to walk in the Spirit. I do not want to commit these things to this flesh. So, Lord, I put them off. you got to make a public display of that sometimes in your living room, in your car, where you're at on the job. you got to bow your head. you got to put the foot down and say, Enough! Enough is enough! And draw the line, man. You got to do that. Christians got to do it. They don't do that. And they walk in the flesh, and then all of a sudden, boom. See, so what do you do? You get back up. Say, I got to walk in the spirit. It's a battle. You cannot do the things that you would. It hinders you, hurts you, harms you, hampers you. Listen, Christians could have a successful life if they learned just how to walk in the spirit. We're in the Spirit, and I walk in them. Yep. But we spend so much time walking in the flesh and living in the flesh because it's comfortable. Christians want a 70-degree thermostat. I can walk in the flesh, and I'm comfortable. I know how to maintain this thing because this is too holy for me. Holier than thou. 
I don't want to be so heavenly minded. I'm, earth, I'm no earthly good. I ain't met the person. If you, if you bring them to me, I like to shake his hand. I like to spend some time with him. I like to be around a guy that's no earthly good because he's so heavenly minded. I want to be that way. But all you got to do is be one. All you got to do is be Peter. Lord, bid me to come out to you on the water. Come on. <laughs> there he goes. Sink, sucker. <laughs> and he's walking to Jesus. And all the 11 over there say, well, takes care of him. Now who's next? I'll be the king disciple next. He said, I don't believe he talked like that. Do you read in the Bible over there where the disciples, Jesus goes, what were you talking about along the way? Which one of us should be the greatest? Oh. He said, I'll tell you who'd be the greatest. He that's chiefest among you, let him be the servant. Son of man didn't come to be ministered on to, but to minister. Boy, he, he defused that whole situation. He said, humble yourself, become a servant. You want to be great? Be a servant. Amen. Boy, they're sure glad Peter sunk. <laughs> Amen. But you know what you got to do? You got to step out of the boat. He still holds a record, if I'm not mistaken, for a man walking on water. Amen. You know what he did after he sunk? He walked back. But you notice in John 20, he swam the next time. 21. He didn't walk on water to Jesus. He dove in. He didn't even try. Wouldn't have been funny if he'd hit, landed flat on his face on the water. Huh? He would sink. <laughs> what happened? He said, well, I taught you how to defy gravity, boy. Get up and walk. <laughs> that would have been funny. I'd like to have seen that. <laughs> that would have blew the rest of the disciples' minds if he could come out there walking on the water to Jesus, ran ashore. i got to get off that. Listen, I'm just talking about putting a stop to the spirit and the flesh battle and saying, Lord, I'm in the flesh. I want out of it. I don't want to walk in the flesh. I want to walk in the Spirit. Look at what he says. You cannot do the things that you would, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under what? The law. You feel like you're in bondage as a Christian? Walk in the Spirit. You can do anything God wants you to do that's right. God has no limitations upon a Christian to walk in the Spirit and do right. There's no law against loving somebody. I'm not talking about lusting. I'm talking about loving. Listen, there's no law. Right? Look at what it says. But if you, verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. What? Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. What is lasciviousness? Looseness, irregular indulgence of animal desires. Oh my. Wantonness, lustfulness, tendency to incite lust. Wow. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance. What's variance? It's a difference that produces a dispute or controversy, a disagreement, dissension, discord. Boy, we got a lot of variance in our churches, in our homes. Variance, discord, at odds all the time. That ain't good, is it? Emulations, you know what that is? It's copycatism emulate. God doesn't want us to imitate Christ. He wants to follow Him. There's a big difference. People want to emulate. I got a friend that's listening to so much Dr. Ruckman, he talks like him. He does. He imitates him. I mean, when I sit back, every time I hear Dr. Ruckman talk, I'm thinking of this guy because I heard this guy so much. And what he was doing is he's listening to Dr. Ruckman so much that he sounds just like him. It's emulation. It's a work of the flesh. The guy probably don't even know it, but that's what he's done. Amen. Wrath, strife. Oh, no. Seditions, heresies. Heresies are work of the what? Flesh. So you tell me a guy that's got a church full of doctrine that's full of heresies, how's he full of the Holy Ghost? A guy can get up like that, get red in the face, spit, slobber all over his church, and everybody says, oh, the Spirit of God was on him, and he's preaching heresy? Yep. But I felt the Spirit, but he's preaching heresy. That's a work of the flesh. Amen. I've heard people say, man, I love that preacher. He's a good preacher. He's a Pentecostal preacher lying, lying through his teeth, preaching from a corrupt Bible. But people felt the Holy Ghost on him. You're crazy. Right. 
A man in the flesh preaching heresy, taking truth and preaching error of the Bible is not full of the Holy Ghost. It's a work of the flesh. You understand what I'm saying? But I know people that all believe, oh man, listen, how do you think these churches get full of so-called profession Christians? It's because they have no discernment from truth versus error. Right? And a man's in the flesh, but he knows how to perform. How do you think they get so rich? Because they con suckers out of their money. I like what Dr. Ruckman said about Jim and Tammy Baker. How did they get all those hundreds of million dollars from a bunch of Christian suckers sitting at home sending money down to their Heritage USA Christian Amusement Park? Because a bunch of Christians couldn't discern that they were con artists and they were cheating them out of money. Because they wanted to be deceived. They wanted to think there's such thing as a Christian theme park. How do you think they send money to Oily Roberts and his son and TBN and Benny Hinn and Kenneth Hagin? How do you think all those ministries grow and flourish? Well, I felt the Holy Ghost. The man's a con man. He's a devil. He's in the flesh. He's preaching heresy. He ain't in the Holy Ghost. And those are the multi-richest businesses out there. And Christians are just shelling out the money. They're in the flesh. You're in the flesh, preacher. You're screaming against them. I'm exposing con men. And people can't tell heresy's a work of the flesh. <clears throat> Just like Bill Clinton. People couldn't tell Bill Clinton was who he was. Oh, he's so handsome. Oh, wake up, sister. Hey, man. Right? Women voted him in because he was so good looking, supposedly. Why do you think they nicknamed him Slick Willie? Oh, Mr. Slick. People still throwing money their direction. They want to be deceived, man. They're paying money, good money, to produce cons. And listen, I, and I can't believe, listen, we dealt with a lady down here at Day TV. And the reason she didn't vote for Romney versus Obama is because Obama always told the truth. I, oh man. I about had a heart attack. She's, she's pawning herself off of some great Christian goddess almost. And she believed, She said Romney, she, she caught Romney in so many lies. And Barack Obama, he told the truth. I said, good night, Sam. You talk. So what would you say to her? Absolutely nothing because how do you deal with somebody that's that blind? <laughs> somebody that blind, if they're that blind, there's no use trying to describe what the color red means to them because I'm telling you because you, you'll never get it anywhere. Listen, there's so many people that are Christians that are so blind when it comes to that kind of stuff, it ain't even worth talking to them about it. They're deceived. They're in the flesh. They want to be lied to. Hey, man, they say you can't con an honest man. <laughs> I got quiet on that one. Right? Listen, I'm just trying to tell you something. The heresy is a work of the flesh. And there is so much heresy out there. And people buy into these lies. And these guys that are liars standing in the pulpits got huge, giant buildings and facilities and multitudes of people coming in paying these guys big bucks. And they can't tell that they're lying to them. Why can't they? Because they're con men. They're con artists. And they don't read their Bibles. They like the fruit that's on the tree that they're eating of. So therefore, they willfully close their eyes so they can eat at the devil's table. And a bunch of Christians get sucked into it. Heresy's a work of the flesh. Heresy's right there with witchcraft. You know what witchcraft is, don't you? 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Amen. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings. Oh, my soul. Who can stand before envy? Murders, drunkenness, revelings. Oh, there we go. To feast with loose and clamorous merriment. To carouse. <laughs> right? Boy, the people love fierce eaters of the flesh. Riotous eaters of the flesh. 
They just have barbecues and parties, man. I mean, they are cooking it up, roasting the hog and the ox. Man, let's cut the hog roast, man. We'll just pop a few kegs, man, a few beers, a little bit of jam, amen. We'll just we'll get out of here, boogie and dance a little bit, man. They're just riding cedars of the flesh. Party, party, party. Christians want to get into the party mode all the time. And what? This is my favorite work of the flesh right here. And such like. That's my favorite work of the flesh. You say, what is that? Anything that we didn't cover in the, in, in the, in the list? <laughs> he said, if there's anything else contrary to sound doctrine, he said in 1 Timothy 1, amen, Paul just throws that out there. He's got a wild card. This is the wild card. Just in case you might not have something in that list in 2015, he said, I'm just going to throw this in there. If it matches anything on the list or similar to anything on this list, just throw it in. If it happens to look like one of these, happens to, uh, you, you, you might be able to put it in that piece of the puzzle. And such like, of which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, they that such do such things shall not inherit what? The kingdom of God ain't got nothing to do with salvation. It's got something to do with your inheritance. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also what? Walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. We're going to be spending a while on all these put-ons, put-offs. There's so many of them in the Bible. We'll go through the list. We'll deal with them. But listen, God wants us to get rid of all that stuff. And God wants us to put on good things. We'll get into the things that are good to put on. But there's a bunch of things that God wants us to put off. Amen? And uh, I think I ought to join that club, don't you? I think I ought to take the trash out of my Christian life. Amen? Amen. Brother Nick, would you dismiss us, please?